Cairo, Seattle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bark. It's uh, episode seven, season two. It's our final episode of season two. And if you've been waiting for season two, you're in luck because uh, we've got seven episodes for you. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I, I told you in a previous episode how I lack the self-discipline and I'm kind of a self-deprecator and, and that type of thing. And I, I, we're finally getting around to it. And I'm, I'm excited about it. And, I, and I'm saddened a little bit that it's coming to an end. But I'm hopeful that we're going to get a season three going and an attempt to keep this going, to keep Bark going. And I love talking about dogs. I hope you like listening about dogs. Tell your friends about Bark. And just say, you know, just give them a call. Or, well, no, nobody calls anybody anymore. Just text them, tweet them, Instagram them, do all that kind of stuff. Get on social media and say, you know, if you like Bark, then go ahead and, you know, give us a like or, or on Facebook or, or do whatever you want. In fact, we gotta, we should start a Bark Facebook page, shouldn't we? Should I start something like that? If you feel like you can keep up on it. <laughs> I think that's questionable. Let's worry about the show first. <laughs> well, no, aren't you supposed to just like be a self promoter these days? Yes, very much so. That part of it I have a problem with. It's hard for me too. I sit there and I always go, okay, wait a minute. The difference between Bark continuing as a podcast. So if the difference is self-promotion versus not promoting it and having Bark die, mm-hmm. then I might as well just be a self-promoter and, and say, hey, everybody. I always feel like I'm waving my arms, you know, like, hey, everybody, look at me and mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Look how important this is. I'm waving my arms right now, even though no one but you can see it. And Aaron Mason is with me again, the producer that's made all of this possible. Oh, well, that's Overly kind of you. No, uh, well, no, it's not. It, it's true. Do you think I'd have any shot in hell of this happening if it weren't for you? Well, this was all your idea. And here's what I tell people about Bark when I talk about it, because I do tell my friends about it, that there's this guy and his name is Jim and he's a sports writer and uh, he hosts a sports radio show. But and I exaggerate a little bit and I go, but he doesn't care about sports. He loves dogs. He loves dogs more than people, and he's sweet, and he's got an Eeyore vibe. <laughs> I, I usually compare you to Winnie the Pooh's friend Eeyore. But Eeyore's not really a positive donkey. Uh, is he a donkey? He is a donkey. Um, he's a little, he's got a glum <laughs> <But> streak. He, <laughs> he's lovable. Sure, but but he's people's favorite. People love Eeyore. He was my mom's favorite. Really? Yep. Yeah, there's a there's a, so there's wait, a special kind of charm. Saying, now in Seattle, we always walk around with clouds over our heads, but mm-hmm. but do I have an extra black cloud over mine? Like yeah, the not, end, the end is near. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. I'm hoping the end is near. I'm trying to retire. <laughs> I am. That's part of the reason I want Bark to be successful. Yeah, maybe I'll make money hand over fist. And that's a, we're looking for a sponsor here on Bark. And honestly, I'm not looking to make money hand over fist. I'm just trying to keep mm-hmm. this thing going, basically. But mm-hmm. so I, I kind of have a cloud, though. A little bit. A little bit. But it's it's charming. <laughs> how how can a cloud be charming? I don't know, Jim. That's <laughs> that's the magic. <laughs> Somehow you pull right. it off. All right. No, you know, the one thing you're right about, hmm. well, I, I think you're right about the cloud too, but I don't care about sports as much as I used to. Right. You know, when I was a kid and I wanted to be a sports writer, I was heavy, heavy, heavy into sports, especially here in Seattle. I, I loved, uh, well, the Mariners got here when I was 19. I think the Seahawks when I right around the same age. But yeah, I've always played sports and I just wanted to do something 
sports related for a living and I've been fortunate enough to be a sports writer for 26 years and then a sports talk show host for the last 10 years. So I've been really fortunate that way. But yeah, over time, I, uh, I don't love sports as much as I used to, but dogs, I mean, that's <laughs> never changed. Right. I mean, from the very first dog I had that we found in the woods named Peppy, that was a uh, part black lab and some other mix. And, uh, yeah, I still, I was probably eight or nine years old. And then to the three goldens that I've had the last 30 years, I just have always, dogs have always made me happy. I, I I don't know how they can't. Uh, you just I see a dog and I always want to pet a dog or say hello. I always like want to talk to a dog. One of the episodes I want to get into in season three, we were talking to a Seahawks player last week, J.D. McKissick. He's a running back, wide receiver, and uh, he owns two, I think, yeah, he's got two pit bulls. He swears that his dog talked to him one day, literally really? talked to him. And so I'm, I, I wasn't buying it. And yet, I think we had people text in saying, yeah, my dog has talked to me, too. There have been different little words. Huh. And so J.D. was really funny, though, because he was like, he, I go, well, what would your dog say exactly? And he, he kind of said, well, my dog said, come on. Like, like come on. <laughs> come on and let me out. So, yeah, I want to, that's, you think that could be an episode? Of do, course. Do dogs talk? Yeah. yeah I let, love- us, let us know. You can contact, how do people contact us? Well, you have your Twitter. Yeah, which is CougsGo, C-O-U-G-S, Go. You contact me there. But have you ever had a dog talk? Have you heard about a dog talking? And then, uh, I know, if you have, we can feature you on that episode of Bark in season three. Yeah. And it'd be motivation for me, who lacks self-discipline to get things done, that I would follow through on that. Love it. It'd give me a reason to do that. In the meantime, though, this is, uh, where are we? Episode 7, Season 2. It's the final episode, and we're going to talk to T.J. Houck. You ever do this where you you interview someone or you talk to someone or you hear someone on the radio and you picture what they look like and they don't really look like what you think? All the time. They look like. Yep. Like, do you think people think, I wonder what Jim Moore looks like or I wonder what Aaron Mason looks like? And, Absolutely. And, they have, yeah, and then when they see you, they go, oh, I didn't think that guy was going to look like that. It's is always that a, a disappointment. Is that a compliment or is that a... <laughs> no. Like, well, what'd you think I was going to look like? <laughs> Much more handsome. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, one guy say to me once, you know, yeah, you look older. And I thought, yeah, well, well, I tell you, I'm 61. What do you expect me to look like? I'm 21? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, I got white hair. What do you want me to do? You want me to dye it and be an idiot like some people out there that do it all the time? I'm not going to dye my hair. I did it I did it once, though. Did you really? I did blonde tips. <laughs> and, and we were talking about it last night, too, because one of my kids, I've got 15-year-old twins. One of them came home with a, a perm. He permed his hair. Really? And I used to do that in my 30s for a while. And I'm not so sure how I, how I feel about Stevie's perm, but he, I, I like that he had a wild hair and followed through with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did blonde tips once when they were like three or four years old, and my hair was a little browner back then, and uh, they cried. <laughs> they looked at me, and they cried, and they were like, no, where's my daddy? Because right. it didn't look like their daddy anymore. Uh, but uh. no, TJ Houck, I saw uh, GeekWire did a story on TJ Houck. I, I have no idea what I thought TJ Houck was going to look like, but- He's a cool-looking dude. He's got a ponytail, looks yeah. real laid back, got yeah. a beard. Yeah, and so we're going to talk to TJ Houck. Member experience, trupanion.com. They sell pet insurance, and pet insurance is something that I've been thinking about getting because if you have an emergency 
you know what vet bills are like. Vet mm-hmm. bills can be crazy. And how do you come up with that kind of money? Plus, if you're trying to make one of those end of life decisions that we've been talking about through season two, you don't want it to be based on, man, I can't afford that. Like you'd really be letting your dog down. So when you get pet insurance, that's a way to to deal with that. And there are so many different companies out there and Trupanion is one of them. We'll find out from TJ Houck, only 1% of pet owners have insurance, only 1%. I think that number is going to be climbing. TJ, um, good morning, and, th- and thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning. Dick, this will be the highlight of your day being on the Bark Podcast? It's certainly the highlight of the day so far. <laughs> well, thanks, TJ. Appreciate that. I, I was just kidding, and uh, you had a good comeback there. I, You know, I, I own a, a two-year-old dog, and his name's River, Golden Retriever. And uh, he's sure a heck of a lot of fun. And he's my third dog, and I've never had pet insurance. And you're there at True Panion. And I'm just wondering, and it sounds like a great company. I I love the story about how your company started with your CEO, Daryl Rawlings. It sounds like a kind of guy I'd like to hang out with because he shows up in shorts, T-shirts, and flip-flops from from what I read, so a real casual guy. Do you know the whole story about how Trupanion got started? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I've personally been there about 10 years working with Daryl. Uh, he started the company uh, 19 years ago. And the inspiration from this came from when he was a teenager. And uh, his parents and he had a, a dog named Mitzi. And Mitzi was a poodle that uh, came down sick. And they took the pet into the veterinarian It was in a way where the veterinarian was in a position to be able to help the dog, uh, but his family uh, wasn't able to come up with the money. And so they had to leave that day without their dog. And it was uh, you know, just devastating for him, uh, for, the, for the family, for the veterinarian, and uh, obviously, obviously terrible for the dog. So the, that was the inspiration for it. And then uh, Daryl had the, the motivation to uh, get that started back in 2000 and uh, had been uh, sort of an entrepreneur for his whole a career and got this started, spent a few years trying to figure out exactly how the product should work in Canada, came to the U.S. in uh, 2008. Wow, yeah, I just, uh, when I when I heard that story, I was just trying to picture teenage Daryl there at the vet office and then coming home in the car without Mitzi, uh, yeah, devastating to be sure. And now you've gone on Trupanion, from what I've read, has insured 400,000 pets. Here you are almost two decades later. 500 employees, and you've got 250 dogs that hang out. So what's it it like around your office there? Well, you mentioned Daryl and sort of the casual environment, so it's certainly that. You have a big uh, Oscar Wilde quote at the front of the office that says, be yourself, everyone else is taken. So uh, (laughs) all of the individual people in the office are uh, very much themselves, which uh, leads to a really great diversity around the office. And then you have... Yeah, dogs kind of everywhere. And it has been interesting in my overall uh, years at Trupanion where, you know, when I started, there were only a couple of dogs and they just sort of roamed free. Since then, we've put a few more policies in place and things like that. But, you know, if uh, right after this meeting, I'm catching up with or this conversation, I'm catching up with uh, one of my team members and we usually do our catch ups, uh, tossing a ball for her Labradoodle in one of our playrooms. So that's kind of how that's kind of how it can work around here, which is uh, pretty great. But you know, we're also very focused on the mission, and it's really hardworking uh, group of people as well. Hey, if I ever get fired here at the radio station, uh, any chance I could work there? 
<laughs> well, we're always looking for good people. <laughs> okay. Talking to TJ Howick. He's like a- said 500 and, uh, you know, basically every day our numbers are going up. The company's still growing like crazy. We're actually over 600 employees now. Well, that's that's what I want to get into, too. I mean, so everything has grown. And, you know, from a time back when I had my first dog, I don't even think pet insurance existed. And now there are so many different companies to choose from. And I guess let's just start with the basics, TJ. What um, A guy like me who hasn't had pet insurance before, why should I get it? Sure. Well, the first thing that I would recommend is uh, is talking to your veterinarian and really understanding what the future costs of, uh, of having your pet may be. Uh, so you mentioned you have a golden retriever, right? Correct. And uh, so, you know, golden retrievers, um, certainly they have uh, risks of hip issues down the way. Uh, we know that they have a fairly high uh, rate of lymphoma down the way. And, you know, those are the types of things that uh, they may or may not happen to a given dog. And uh, insurance is really here to help people budget. So the way that I think about it is anybody who is a pet owner uh, needs to have a plan, uh, needs to have some kind of plan and be prepared for uh, what may happen. And insurance can be a really important part of it. Uh, the way True Canyons plan works is we've covered 90% any unexpected accidents or illnesses that come up uh, for that pet. So anything like um, accidents, dogs eating something stupid, uh, running across the uh, hardwood floor and tearing a cruciate, uh, allergies and lymphoma, um, you know, that whole range is uh is covered, and you know we talked about the really extreme circumstance that Daryl was in, but even the circumstance where, let's say, the the pet is throwing up, and and you don't know why, and the vet wants to do a bunch of diagnostics, and if those come back negative, they want to do more diagnostics. It's really tough to be in that situation and running through you know dollar signs in the back of your head, and it's a lot easier to be able to just say yes when you're talking to the veterinarian um, to do just what's best for the dog. TJ, I've, I've always thought, well, okay, if, if worse comes to worse with my dog, and I know that some people, you know, will have a limit with their pet on how much they would spend to save their dog's life. And it always blows me away when they say, you know, something like if it was more than 1000 or more than 2000 that would be their limit. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. That's not the way I feel. I mean, if, if, if someone told me that it was going to be $5,000 and it would save my dog's life, I would find a way to come up with that money. But I know that that's not always possible, and so it just seems like you probably have experiences. Do you, do you have a story or two that you could tell us about someone who was really glad that they had insurance with Trupanion? Sure. Yeah. One of my uh, one of my favorites was uh, was actually a coworker of mine. So uh, when I first started at Trupanion, which is coming up on ten years ago, um, so the company was much much much, much smaller. Uh, we had. At this particular point, uh, a couple of years after I was there, this let's say maybe we had 20, 30 employees and, and in the Seattle area. And uh, so there was a, a guy who was working in finance. He was a, he was a uh, entry-level finance uh, person and uh, a good friend of mine. And he had just gotten a golden retriever puppy. And we have had a veterinarian uh, on staff with us. And so she sort of noticed something in the way this golden retriever was walking uh, and suggested he go to the, the veterinarian quickly. And so this brand new puppy that he had just gotten otherwise healthy had some really serious uh, hip issues uh, that needed to be dealt with like immediately because uh, they're just going to get worse. And so this guy who was, you know, only a year or two out of school, um, no, savings to speak of, um, 
was faced with, you know, five to $10,000 for this brand new puppy he had just gotten. And he's in this environment where, you know, a bunch of dog lovers everywhere, things like that. So uh, True Canyon provides a uh, uninsurance policy to all of our employees. And so as a result of working at True Canyon, having that policy, he was able to take care of that. Oh, that's fantastic. That's just great. Now, it sounds like, too, that understandably costs will vary depending on the dog's age. But I was also interested to find out about there are different breeds and different costs associated with different breeds. So, Boy, I don't know if I can even ask this, but are there some breeds that are a lot more expensive because of health issues in their history? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so I, I mentioned some of the things that I know happen with uh, golden retrievers. My uh, Part of my background is on our actuarial team, so that's the kind of thing that we study all day, every day, pretty much, is understanding what the, what the various uh, drivers are of cost. So age is a big thing. Uh, geography is a big thing because there's different levels of care available in different parts of the country, and certainly by, uh, by breed. And so we tend to know off the top of our heads, uh, you know, some of the things that are most likely to happen to certain breeds, because that's what we're looking at when we're setting prices. So, you know, the overall trends on that is that the larger the dog, um, the, the more expensive, uh, just everything costs a little bit more. And then, um, for some of the breeds like bulldogs, uh, are pretty well known as having a lot of health issues. And so those are some of the things to, to keep in mind. And so our premiums uh, that we charge at Trupanion, we our goal is to be as reflective of the underlying cost of care for those uh, for for individual breeds and for those other factors we talked about. So, you know, a quote for your golden retriever might be fifty dollars online. A quote for a German Shepherd might be fifty three, and that's because we know that there's a few things that uh, happen more commonly in German Shepherds. Well, what are some of the, the healthier breeds? Like if someone was trying to make a choice and they were basing it on, boy, I want to try and uh, historically have a better chance with, with this kind of dog, uh, what, what would you suggest? One thing that uh, I think a lot of people tend to believe and we found true is that uh, one of the best things to look for is mixed breeds. Uh, that's certainly something that cuts down on a lot of the, especially the highest dollar situations that may come up for pets. So uh, mixed breeds are certainly something that if you're looking for a robust dog, that's a really good place to look. And then really it's, you know, you can kind of get a sense by um, understanding these pets and uh, looking at them and just thinking about sort of their their overall health and background. So some of the uh, breeds like a, like a Husky that comes from more of a looks and feels a little more like our uh, their canine ancestors. Uh, tends to be healthier, and then uh, looking a little bit on the smaller side tends to be something that helps out from a from a health risk standpoint. Okay, and then uh, what are dogs that should be? Well, I don't want to say avoided, but would uh, cause the most concern. Yeah, if I'm, I think of it as if you're getting one of these breeds, you really should know what you're getting into. Um, the first on that list would be bulldogs, and really any of the. Uh, the brachycephalic breeds, or uh, what people tend to know as the smooched in nose breeds, those are tend to have a lot of the uh, the biggest issues, and those probably is maybe not more than everything else, but a lot of those serious health issues actually start very very young, and so um, definitely understand what you're getting into if you're looking at you know bulldogs, pugs, uh, breeds like that, and then the giant breeds. 
those have, you know, they're really expensive to feed and everything about uh, owning a giant breed tends to be a bit more expensive and certainly healthcare is something that tends to be much more expensive for those older breeds, for those larger breeds. Now, you said if I was interested in getting insurance, which I am, uh, I should talk to my vet first. And then if if I were to call you or go online at truepanion.com, what are the next steps? Would, would I have to eventually uh, bring bring my dog down to your office for a, for a checkup with you? All it takes for signing up is uh, is a short form online or uh, or giving us a call. So we have 24 hour, 365 day a year uh, contact center with uh, like agents who can help out with uh, getting a pet signed up. So all it takes is calling in, giving some basic information about the pet, and we can sign you up there. And same as just going online, filling out uh, short form online and uh, clicking through. It is really important to make sure that. You know, you understand the policy and, and read the policy, but getting signed up is uh, is very easy. And especially for people who do have either recently acquired a pet or, you know, their pet is young and seems otherwise healthy. Uh, there's kind of, we don't want to have any barriers uh, to getting signed up quickly because, you know, the uh, there's no time to waste in avoiding some of the things that can happen, especially, you know, you think of a, a brand new puppy that puppy may get into something at any moment. Uh, yeah, we're <laughs> very aware of that. Uh, TJ Hawk is with <laughs> us here on Bark. Uh, and I'm just uh, I'm wondering, could you throw out a number? Like, a, like, like what would be an average cost for, just say, maybe a five-year-old dog? Or, or, or if you could just kind of ballpark figure what someone would be paying each month for pet insurance. I know it's probably difficult. And then what they would get in, in coverage. Sure. The, you know, it does vary a lot based on the characteristics we talked about. And uh, we do have uh, deductibles so that people can choose a premium that works for them. Uh, our average does work out to about uh, $50 a month. And what that means is that um, 90% of uh, conditions, uh, unexpected accidents and illnesses that happen um, after the pet signs up, uh, those will be covered at 90% of the actual veterinarian's bill. Um, one of the features of TruePanion is that uh, we can pay the veterinarian directly. So in the past, people have generally come out of pocket and paid the veterinarian and then waited for a reimbursement from their insurance company. And the way that uh, we have set up is that at many veterinarians, we uh, work directly with their practice management system so that we can pay them directly and they, you as the pet owner only come out of pocket for your portion of the bill. What about deductibles? What, what could you expect to pay there? Sure, we go as low as a zero dollar deductible, and we go as high as a thousand. And so there's a whole range based on uh, somebody's needs, and those deductibles are uh, per condition for the lifetime of the pet. So, for example, if a pet has allergies when it's a, a young pet and needs uh, ongoing medication over its life, uh, you only pay that deductible once. Okay. And TJ, when you started out back in 2000, how, how many pet insurers were there? Oh boy. So I joined, uh, Daryl started in Canada in 2000 and I joined in 09. And, you know, the, there have been a number of different companies that have sort of come and gone uh, through this space. And in a lot of cases, uh, we look at, you know, there have been certain companies that we, you know, have a hard time even thinking about as pension. And so to, to be honest, uh, I don't have a great number on that. Mm-hmm. And since I've been here in 2009, there were quite a few brands that started right around that time. 
And uh, for the most part, I'd say that the number of the number of companies in the space have been has been about the same since 2009. Uh, but some have entered and some have left and some have shrinking grown. So it's been a busy area, but I think the number of companies in the space is about the same. Yeah, I imagine it's a pretty competitive industry. It is a bit, but, uh, you know, there's only 1% of pets have insurance. And so 1%. You know, we, we look at the 99% of pets that don't have insurance and don't focus on the other providers very much. Wait, no, wait a minute. So 1% of pets have insurance? Yeah, that's right. 1%. Well, I, I, you know, I guess I'm in that 1%, but I, I thought it would be higher than that by now. Why, why do you think that is? You know, it's, it's interesting. We get that question a lot. And actually, in uh, a number of areas in, in Europe, that number is much higher. So uh, having insurance is really much more of a standard expectation for care um, in, uh, in, for example, the UK. But in, um, in the U.S., for a long time, uh, as you mentioned, you didn't feel like pet insurance was even around um, when you were shopping in the past, mm-hmm. and uh, the and there probably were, were some companies, but they weren't. They just didn't have very good products, and uh, veterinarians tended to discourage people from having insurance uh, because the programs that were available really didn't meet their needs. So it's only been in the past you know, 10 years or so in the U.S. that what we high-quality plans have started to emerge. So ourselves and a few other companies that kind of started around the same time have started to provide plans that have much, much better outcomes and uh, and just better service for, for pet owners. And then when, for example, our plan got started, most people sign up for insurance when their pet is pretty young and healthy. And so if you think about us, Today, if we're getting uh, a lot of pets that are signing up now, there's still going to be a lot of them that are out there because not every pet's a great candidate for insurance. And so those that are older that maybe already have a number of health issues with them, uh, those are always going to be part of that 99%. But it has certainly been growing as an industry uh, dramatically over the last 10 years. Well, yeah, I, I would think that as well as things have been going for your, your company, that the growth possibilities, uh, I mean, this this whole thing could go through the roof in the next 10 to 20 years, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. It's what we're, it's what we're seeing. And, you know, a big part of that shift was really designing products that uh, solve the needs of pet owners and veterinarians. And uh, we really, we really feel like we have that now. Hey, TJ, I've really enjoyed talking to you today, and I've got one final question for you, and it's probably the most important question of the whole interview here on Bark. Uh, what, what kind of dog do you have? <laughs> well, to be honest, uh, I'm one of the few around your opinion who doesn't own my own dog, <laughs> and I get to come to work and be the fun uncle to about 200 others every day, and don't have to clean up after any of them, so it works out <laughs> just fine for me. <laughs> Okay, TJ. Come on, man. Go get a dog. I had a question for you. Uh, I just had to ask. Uh, you say your dog is River, right? It is River, yes. Uh, she named after uh, a particular wide receiver? Very much so. River Craycraft. Yeah, my kids, I've got 14-year-old twins, and let them name the dog. And, and we loved watching River Craycraft over at Washington State, and I take it you're a coog. I am. I'm a big fan. Oh, Graduated go- from Gonzaga, but uh, certainly at the uh, football season, go Cougs. Go Cougs. TJ, this is great. I hope I get a chance to meet you. I think you're down where, in the Georgetown area? That's right. Yeah, you got yeah good- if you want to just come by and uh, see the office, it'd be our pleasure. 
You got some fun restaurants and uh, places to drink beer around there, too. And uh, with a guy who likes the Cougs, I think you and I get along pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Got Marco Polo up there, which is uh, pretty good. Uh, oh, yeah, Marco Polo. Too. Yeah, it's a good spot to watch uh, watch games. So, hey, this was fun for me, and uh, I hope it was fun for you. And uh, thanks for joining us on Bark. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Our thanks to TJ Hawk member experience at Trupanion.com. There, Trupanion sounds like there's, it's got all kinds of great reviews, but there are all kinds of other pet insurance companies out there. I was looking online. All you have to do is just Google pet insurance, pets best, ASPCA, pet plan, embrace, pet first, Hartville, prudent pet, different carriers out there, and you can contrast and compare at your leisure, but I, it's something, Aaron, you were talking about, you have a three-month-old kitten. It's mm-hmm. something I'm thinking about doing for my two-year-old golden retriever and something you've considered, too. Yeah, I've been wondering since we got Charlie whether or not pet insurance was a good idea because I, I hear insurance and I immediately think negative, right? Mm-hmm. Like the insurance another bill, like, um, Right. It's another bill I'm going to pay that I'm not going to get my money's worth. But what you said before the interview about, uh, about vet bills just being surprises when there's an emergency and incredibly expensive. Like I, I don't have the money if he needed some surgery or something like that, that would be a couple thousand dollars. Like this might be a really good idea. So I'm, I'm going to go home and I'm going to look at true Panion and, and see what they have. I've been asking people, uh, friends of mine since we've been, since we did this interview, about what they think, if they have any experience. And and not a lot of people have experience with pet insurance, but the ones that do uh, generally say really good things about it. Yeah, I've found the same thing. And I I just need to... I need to get busy. I just need to go online, and, and I probably will. I, I, I'm really impressed with uh, what Trupanion is doing. I love the story about the owner there, too, and, and how it just stuck with him that he couldn't get his parents couldn't afford to help out Mitzi the poodle. And so I, I don't want to be in that position someday because yeah. I know, I know I would do anything to save my dog and, and my latest one being river. And, and, uh, but if it's like five to $10,000, right. I would find a way to get that money. I don't have that money as spare change, but it sure seems like it's something that someone like me should be doing with such a young pet. You too, Aaron. And, yeah. uh, we'll look more into it. So again, our thanks to T.J. Houck there with the ponytail and the fun job at True Panion. Mm-hmm. Our thanks to you, too. I hope you'll tell your friends about Bark because we really enjoy doing this, and I, I've had such a good time working with Aaron, and this is going to be the last episode of Bark that Aaron is working on because he's over. We're, we're based in Seattle. He's working for Cairo FM 97.3. I would encourage you, 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific time, to tune in oh. Cairo Nights, with G. Scott, yeah. the true star, Aaron Mason. <laughs> How dare you? The newcomer there. I love G, too, but <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, the you best. know how much I love you. So, so Thanks, give, give him a listen when you can. He's uh, he's really helped me here with Bark, and, and we'll try and get a, a third season going, too. We've got one more thing to tell you. If you're in the Seattle area, we're hoping – I'm probably – I've got the – the horse before the cart, the cart before the horse, however that saying goes when you, uh, I maybe have butchered it, but what the heck. Uh, the Mariners have two more barks in the park coming up, I believe in July and maybe August or September. And we're, we're trying to have a partnership with, with this podcast, Bark. And yeah. so I, I'm hoping 
to be there with business cards and, and drumming up support for this podcast because I want it to continue. So I, I hope to meet all of you and, again, tell your friends about Bark. It's available wherever podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. And if you say, hey, Jim, where, where do I find podcasts? Well, how the hell would I know? I'm just, you know, I'm, I, <laughs> I, I have no idea. But it's easy if you just, if you Google. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm kind of a social media dunce sometimes, so bear with me. But yeah, just Google Bark and my name, and I think you'll find it. And also 710sports.com is where our home is. You'll find Bark there, too. Our thanks to everyone who participated in this season. We're mm-hmm. going to hear more from Dr. Terry, my veterinarian who retired Uh, talking about dog walking, dog-friendly workplaces. Go back. If you have the time, if you're out walking your dog, take time to download Bark. And if you don't have time to download Bark, then upload it. Do do some sort of load of it, okay? And listen to it, please. Uh, Really appreciate it. You love dogs as much as I do. Thanks for spending time with us today. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time on Bark.